0: The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome, everyone,
1: to another hour, the third hour. On this episode of Radio Law Talk, hour number three. If you're just joining us, welcome. If you missed the first two hours, be sure and catch our podcast. Usually comes out the following week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere along in there. Go to radiolawtalk.com. I think the easiest way to navigate to it, if you really want to know, is look for the icon that there. Look for the part that says "Listen Live." You click on that, and when you go there, there's takes you to a page and there's a part that says talk about podcasts and you can go to podcasts and and we have those with the titles of the topics that we talked about each one so each episode is broken into three hours three separate little sound files for each one and each sound file has the topics that we talk about you can search through those if you want to find out previous stuff that we've talked about we do not have the search term that says play for me the the hour in which Todd sounded like an idiot. That's not a search term we use. It would would pull pull up way too many podcasts. Well, that's the thing. There's only so much we can do with that, you know. Unless unless I was on assignment, you're pretty much dead set. You're going to find something about that with me being strange. Denise, how are you? I'm floundering.
2: I'm doing really good. Um, I'm Denise Sturks. I am a Family law attorney in California, Northern California specifically. Todd Coonan is a former prosecutor and now a criminal defense attorney. Um, We like to say Todd does a lot of crime
3: Uh,
1: and
2: he has a lot of kitties.
1: That's our favorite
2: part about Todd. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you, Denise. and uh, Todd
2: and I, has a kitty.
1: And, and I should say, I don't believe I'm talking out of turn or giving undue endorsements, but Denise isn't just a family law attorney. Denise is an outstanding family law attorney. Fred Penny, who is on assignment, is a personal injury attorney and very successful and just an outstanding attorney and a brilliant legal mind in the area of personal injury And you know the thing I like about Fred, I'm going to talk about him because he's not here. Sometimes when you talk to people about their expertise or or the, the field that they practice in or tend to focus their efforts on or whatever, they start to talk, and after a while, they sound so academic, like they're talking down to you. There's never a time when you're talking with Fred where you feel like he is talking down to you. He's just explaining the way it is, and it's easy to understand. And you just feel like you're talking to a guy who knows what he's talking about, but doesn't think he's better than you because he knows something you don't.
0: Plus, Fred has the gift of making sure that everybody in the room feels like they're Fred's best friend. That's yes. a real gift of his, I think. That's a real great personality trait. I think
2: he's such a supportive person. I agree with that. But now yeah. we have to talk about something a little more serious. Uh-oh, wait a um, When we talk on Radio Law Talk, we're talking about allegations for the most part. They're sometimes just... That's all they are is a mere allegation. They are not, uh, we are not here, we're not the judge, we're not the jury, none of that. We try to stay apolitical, and um, we will argue both sides of, of each position or each topic that we talk about. Knock down, drag out fights. Yes, and one thing for sure is if you really need legal advice, go seek an attorney of your choosing in the jurisdiction in which you you live, because that's going to be very important. And bring your checkbook.
0: Well, they're the people who know what they're doing when it comes to a particular situation where you live, and that's the thing. We're heard all across the country, border to border that's and, right. and shore to shore. So.
2: And we practice and, in the states in which we are licensed in. We don't practice in other states, and we don't give out legal advice, although we can talk generally about the law and have a lot of fun doing it.
1: The, the only except Fred Penny, as he will tell us, he is... Licensed in the state of California and also Washington, D.C. That's correct. As the yes's bar in Washington, D.C. We're going to get to case or no case. So Denise, I have one question for you. General question about, about the legal pra- the practice of the law. How important is it for you as a lawyer to make sure that your clients don't feel like you are judging them? You know, uh, as a criminal defense attorney, I've got. I hear this. Sometimes folks are a little reluctant to come in because they know they messed up. The last thing they want is to go and tell their story about everything that they did to their attorney. It's all protected. But then have somebody sit there and go, well, you idiot. What the heck did you do that for? It doesn't get anywhere right doesn't help your case or anything like that how important is it for your clients to know that they're not going to be lectured like a kid from a parent and stuff like that
2: well I think it's very important that they have the type of relationship that they need to have considering what the legal needs are in family law you talk about a lot of private things and so you need to have the confidence and trust in your attorney that they're not going to make fun of your decisions or they're going to just help you going forward a lot of times in family law we say hey we're not going back there we're not gonna go backwards we're gonna start today and we're gonna move forward and find out what works for this family going forward because if you spend a lot of time in the past then you're gonna harm people people are just not gonna resolve they're just they're not going to be able to move on perhaps and they will feel judged and a lot of times when people say to me I never should have done this or I just say woulda coulda shoulda you know let's move on because the reality is all of us make bad decisions at one point in our life. All of us are guilty of making the best decisions that we know of, right, that may not work out. So I don't judge my clients. I don't feel like, I actually don't feel like they, they want to be judged. Um, I feel like sometimes they want to be heard by a judge, however, which is a very different position. And as an attorney, you have to know what your client wants, know what your client needs, and then try to facilitate.
0: And if they didn't need help, they wouldn't come to you in the first place, correct? I mean, this is well, legally this is the for thing. sure. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I can see where someone would come and say, so, "Okay." I mean, especially in a family law case, you know, I did a dumb thing. I, I saw someone in a tight sweater, and next thing you know, I'm following them around. I have to, you know, I messed up with my family. Who would want to confess those kinds of things to anybody? But if you've got an attorney, that says, "Look, that's all done. What do we do today?" to fix the problems that are there. Yeah. Is there reconciliation possible? Is there? How can we fix this? Right.
2: right. Well, yeah, and, you, you have to explore those opportunities. And you do ask
0: that question, don't you?
2: Like, I do. I ask if, if, if somebody's coming in for divorce, I do tend to ask that, are you sure that you've done everything you can to make your marriage work? You know, Because a lot of people have regrets after a couple of years. Sure. And it just, it's not worth going down that road and having those regrets. It's better to know now. So I do ask that question. And and believe me, I've had very successful reconciliations. I love that. And I do, too. That's Uh, part of the satisfying part of my job.
1: I don't think people recognize that enough about family law attorneys especially. It's the ones that, look, if if you want to go through with the divorce, I'll represent you. I'll do it. But is there any way this can be salvaged? And if you're of that opinion and you do that, I just think it's admirable. And as far as the uh, scolding. I can't imagine why anybody would go and say, well, what, why would I pay you to scold me as my attorney when I can get that for free by calling my mom? I, you know, why would I do that? So.
0: Not to mention the judge once I get to court.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cal, is there enough time to set up a case or no case before think,
0: we go to the break? Uh, uh, the one I have requires a fairly extensive setup. Nonetheless, I think I'm going to give it a shot with okay. your permission. Here we go. So, let's see. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Um, do,
1: do, do, Here we do,
0: go. All on. right. We did it. Yeah, there was while well, My audio player decides it doesn't like me. And this is one of those times. Now it's time for Case or No Case, and I'm going to take you to the great nation of South Africa, Johannesburg, where there was a grave mistake. A grave mistake. After the burial of Andreas Van Zyl, his family was shocked to discover he was buried in the incorrect grave site. November 19th, his family, he was buried November 9th. West Park Cemetery, his family quickly realized he'd been laid to rest in the wrong gravesite. My question to each of you is, well, if that were to happen, what could you do about it? Would that be a case? May it, will you give me time to
1: explain further after we take our break? Yeah. Really so the, it it's the that. case of the wrong grave. And they'd have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. Cal will explain more when we get back. And as they say in the great business, can you dig it? That's kind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, can't help myself. We'll be back. This is Radio Law Talk. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder, and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888 201 Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com.
5: Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah.
4: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
2: What does Todd's cat say? No points for you. That is on the dodo.
0: This is Radio Law Talk
1: with Frederick Penny. Yes, Todd's cat does say no points for you. It's, it's a direct translation. It's meow, 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 meow. So, Cal, give us a little more info on this Yeah, let's this go case. back to this. It's a pretty interesting story,
0: actually. A grave mistake in West Park Cemetery in Johannesburg, South Africa. Andrus Van Zyl died on November 19th, and then he was buried in November at West Park Cemetery. His family realized not in the right gravesite. The Northcliff Melville Times arrived at the West Park Cemetery as staff was digging up Van Zyl's casket from the gravesite to move it to the proper place. So speaking to one of the deceased relatives, she expressed how disappointed she was with West Park Cemetery management. She claimed they had not taken responsibility for the incorrect burial of her uncle, but instead had blamed the undertakers. West Park Cemetery staff working at the gravesite to dig up the casket said, Uh, The nephew of the deceased said cement surrounding the gravesite made us suspicious. This was not the correct grave. And I asked the staff three times if that's the correct place where they were supposed to bury my uncle. Each time they said yes. After the funeral, when comparing the gravesite number provided by the funeral parlor and that of the grave, they then discovered it wasn't the right place. They sought legal counsel. And so I ask you, this is obviously a tragic mistake. And these things happen. A friend of mine used uh, used to run a funeral home before he died himself. And he had a similar type case where a person was brought in and wanted to be buried and they cremated the remains. I mean, these kinds of mistakes, tragic mistakes, do happen that scar a family. My question is, in this event, in this case in Johannesburg, when someone seeks legal counsel, what would you think, uh, case or no case? I guess it would be Denise's turn to go first here.
2: Yeah, I don't know the law in Johannesburg, South Africa, and but it's a contractual issue. If, in fact, that you have purchased a burial site um, by contract and paid for a burial site, it's it's you have to be guaranteed that burial site. They can't just change it up. They have to provide the right burial site. So the question becomes, what are the damages? Right. Well, the, you know the damages are maybe emotional distress because you know the family member comes and sees them digging up the burial site, that has to be traumatic. In its own right.
0: I also didn't mention when they dug up the casket, it was a wooden casket, and they damaged the casket as they dug it up.
2: And then damage to the casket would be another uh, damage.
0: Imagine the trauma of that if, if you were relative or, or if or yeah.
2: D- yeah. Yes, I can't even imagine um, that kind of trauma. Um, no case.
1: Mr. Kuhn, what's seeing you? Well, you know, I'm harkening back to law school again. Personal injury does not it, it's not the type that I practice. And the reason I say personal injury is because the only thing I remember from law school is somebody saying something about negligent infliction of emotional distress is a very, very difficult one to prove and recover damages unless the the defendant is a funeral home. <laughs> it's the one where they said <laughs> that is the one that, that that could really face liability because of everything that's going on. Um, I would think that if that's true, that it's probably universal. Uh, so you know, go big or go home. If case, if if I was going to say no case because of all the detail you put into it and how sincere you looked, Cal, and that is usually a tip. But um, and
2: telling me about additional damages.
1: Yes, but I'm 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 going to say it's a case, and the thing that makes it noteworthy is it's a case, but in South African law, the uh, the funeral home prevails. There, There's no damages. Well, here's what's
0: interesting. According to the City Park and Zoo spokesperson, which oversees the cemeteries, interestingly enough, Wait, she city, said, city, sad, city Park, city Park, city Park and, zoo? and Zoo said, sadly, the affected family was left distraught, and the city of Johannesburg and the cemetery staff intervened, and we remedied the error very quickly, along with the funeral director. The funeral director involved was to blame. They gave them the wrong plot. So they put the casket in the correct gravesite, and that was the resolution of the case. No, nothing was ever filed. They did not file the case. They simply took it, put it in the correct place, fixed their error, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, two points for Denise, and none, and none for just none for Fred, so and I'm
2: tied with Fred.
0: You're now tied. Yes, we're right there. We're right there. So All next right. week will be the the tail of the tape. I got to come up
1: oh. with some crafty ones, don't I? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah. The only thing we're certain of is that Todd's buying a steak for somebody. So. <laughs> for somebody.
2: <laughs> and lobster.
1: And lobster. <laughs> oh man, Todd. So, uh, so the, a lot of people commit crimes and call you up this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. No, I'm kidding, of course. And and I I can't represent myself. So right. uh, well, well, whatever. Uh, The United States Supreme Court just started their new term after their break that they took. And one of the first cases that they took up was one that is being followed very closely by the LGBTQ community. It is a case that is actually a consolidation of three different cases, and it centers on employment discrimination as it relates to and how to interpret the word sex in title seven of the civil rights act of 1964 employers cannot discriminate on the basis of and their different categories religion uh race and and they also include in there the word sex and the there's a, a slight definition we can talk about that, but the definition given really only expands it as it relates to pregnant individuals. Everything else is left up to interpretation. What does that mean? And this case is going up, has gone up, and been argued before the Supreme Court about what that means. And Denise, give us a little background on on where we're at, if 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 you're comfortable doing that, I can do it. What, no, it sounds. Like. This is what I like. <clears throat>
2: The Supreme Court chose three different cases that are distinct cases and involve distinct areas of the law and where discrimination against the LBGQ um, population actually exists and on a wide scale basis, quite honestly, in many, many, many states. So I like the fact that they're trying to give a wider view to this and not take just one, one uh, example of a queer person or one example of a person that has changed their gender. But they've taken several different ones. So the first case is a New York skydiving instructor. Uh, his name is Zarda. And in Zarda, he was fired because he was gay. That's what he says. He died, but his sister and his life partner continued to press the case. Now, he feels like the minute he found, was found out that he had a husband, partner, had a male partner, that then he was terminated. Um, and that's quite common because it's not illegal in all the states. There's a lot of states where that's legal. We have a lot going on. We have a lot more to talk about. So tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Call us at 855 Law Radio, but most important, stay with us so you can hear all about this.
0: And I cut your mic off earlier. I, I apologize. And he's lots of good stuff coming up here on Radio Law Talk, and I'm sorry, lots here to, as we continue. Don't go away. There's more Radio Law Talk right after this.
7: that's 800-918-1376. I'm
6: going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to, don't drive dirty, gonna get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by car. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car wash. A hundred feet of washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Saab, Cadillac, Quick Whack, The sprucer up, just like that. You'll be happy-looking, snappy, you'll be glad you was at the Quick Whack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest Quick Whack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck. Get on the road come visit
3: the dog Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, Garrett. All right,
0: guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is?
1: Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. (coughs) The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice,
0: contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk.
1: Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. When
7: you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed, and as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics, chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles
3: Are you serious?
0: This is Radio Law Talk.
1: And now, back to the show. Thank you. Yes, we're back. Um, we're talking about the Supreme Court taking up the three separate cases that they consolidated into one. Three different issues, essentially, that were consolidated and argued recently about. What employers can and can't do on the basis of, a perceived basis, of the employers' understanding of someone's sexual orientation or whether or not they're transgender. And there were three different cases, Zarda, Bostick, and Stevens, that went up where the employees claimed that they were fired because of their sexual orientation in two cases, and in the third case, because the person was transitioning. Now, I talked, uh, back in the first hour, I said, pretext is a theme that's going to come up here. And this is what I was talking about with this. None of these employees, for the most part, were fired Maybe Stevens close, but in the case of Bostick and Zarda, folks who claim they were fired because of their sexual orientation, neither one was fired because the employer went in and said, you know what? You're gay. I'm firing you. The termination occurred because the employer stated a a reason that, if true, would have been valid. But the argument is that was just a pretext. That's not the real reason you fired me. You just tried to come up with some reason not to say you're firing me because of my sexual orientation and so these were all pretextual employment actions that the employee is claiming no the real reason was because you were discriminating in violation of my rights and all three of them at the trial level were dismissed all three cases in separate jurisdictions were dismissed because the trial court believed that the definition of sex in the code did not apply to sexual orientation or somebody's transgender.
2: Yes, uh, uh, gender
1: identity. Gender identity. Now, that's interesting because there was a shift in the law after Donald Trump was elected. Prior to the election under the Obama administration, despite the what some might say an ambiguity in the law about what sex means, the Obama administration had promulgated a non-binding opinion to the EEOC that said, we are treating transgender and sexual orientation as falling within the purview of sex, sex for, pur- definition. for purposes of this. When President Trump was elected, they withdrew that non-binding uh, interpretation of the law. And that is what the EEOC had going forward. And we can talk about the propriety of that later on, but that's what happened and why these cases have arisen since then because of the ambiguity, if you will, of what the word sex means after that understanding was withdrawn.
2: Yeah, and, and we're talking about the the significance of this matter. You've got about half of the LBGTQ people living in the United States, they live in a state where it's, they can be legally fired for, they can like be denied a promotion, they can refuse to be trained, they can have all this stuff because of gender identity and sexual orientation. Only 21 states, uh, DC itself and two territories have laws on the books that are based upon removing bias against people based upon sexual orientation and gender identity one quarter of all of the people the lbgq people reported experiencing discrimination and i I, this is real guys this isn't you know fake and and um, i as a woman early in my career i had some discrimination that i experienced too so i can relate to this so really it is all going to come down to is gender identity um or sexual orientation within the realm of sex. And sex is important because sex does include gender. Sex does include, perhaps, an uh, orientation. And that's what it's all going to be. It's not just... Call, you, know, it's, you have a good definition for sex, well, well, right?
1: Uh, well... well <laughs> okay. Oh, brother, here we go again. <laughs> she just... You know, the coach has given me the take sign. I can't hit the... <laughs> all right, so l- let, let me... Let me these lawsuits are brought... I un- thought
0: you were going to say maybe.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I, I, I am flustered. Yeah, okay. So, in here, it? Yeah. okay, so... <laughs> all right. Well, uh, <clears throat> one-track mind boarding at the station. These cases are all brought under the code, under the Title Seven. The specific area of the act is 42 United States Code, Section 2000E-2. And this is what it says, for those of you that want to know. It shall be an unlawful employment practice for an employer to fail or refuse to hire or discharge any individual or otherwise to discriminate against any individual with respect to, and here are the classes, with respect to compensation, terms, conditions, or privileges because of that person's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. And the only guidance that they give in the code under the definition of sex is it says and this is under subdivision k of a different section the terms because of sex or on the basis of sex include but are not limited to because of the basis of pregnancy childbirth or related medical conditions and so the only guidance they have given is to expand it at one point in time to say oh yeah this covers pregnancy discrimination too and the question Mm -hmm. here is well where does that leave people with regard to transgender and sexual orientation? Is it underneath? Now, again, under the Obama administration, they had chosen to interpret the code to say that it does. That interpretation has been withdrawn. It was the safety net for the states where it's not protected. People could say, well, it's not protected in the state, but I could still have a cause of action on the federal level, so I should be good. But when that's taken, the safety net is gone for them and these cases have gone up now in the case of Zarda the argument was this is the skydiver the the basis for the employer was apparently allegedly he was going to do a duo jump with a novice skydiver it was a female she was a little nervous and he was a guy and she was a girl and so he said so it's alleged he said don't worry i'm gay and her husband Took offense to that. She said it made her feel uncomfortable. It was claimed that he touched her inappropriately. And that was the basis that the company used to terminate him. His basis is, as Denise said, wait a minute, wait I got fired. Everybody knew that. I got fired after I told them that I had a husband, and that's why you really fired You're
2: a male partner. Yeah. yeah, exactly, because I was gay. The, so I got fired because I was gay. Yeah. I didn't get fired for something inappropriate that I did to that person.
1: Exa- exactly. In the case of Bostick... Bostic was a county employee in the state of Georgia and he was gay and he had signed up for a gay softball league. And when and then tried to promote that at work, as you know I'm doing the softball league, come out watch the games, do stuff, in May of the year that they had, he was terminated and on the termination notice it said fired for conduct unbecoming a public employee. But then, a month later, the paperwork had been changed to say he was terminated for some sort of misappropriation of funds. So he thought, "Whoa, hold on a second. Um, you guys fired me because I was gay and because this came out. But misappropriation would be conduct unbecoming. It, it, it would well, it
2: could be, be, but why did it come out months later?
1: Yeah, and, and, and maybe maybe there is a oh. back and forth, but mm-hmm. but here's the thing. And then and then lastly, with regard to Stevens, Stevens was an individual who was transitioning. Uh, He, I'm just going to, I don't want to offend anybody, but Stevens, as a male, told the funeral home he was taking vacation. That's when he transitioned, came back after having transition surgery and was fired by the owner of the company. But in this case, the owner of the company apparently said something to the effect of, your life decisions adversely affect my religious beliefs, so, of the three, that one, to me, is the most egregious in terms of the reason the employer gave for the termination.
2: I totally agree, because yeah. as a male, he worked for that company for six years. Yeah. So, he hadn't had any problems being an employee, and it was a respected employee. And then, when he came back as a transition to a female... Then he's let go. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that I just hate. When you have constitutional rights, both parties have constitution, constitutional rights. They're trying to protect him, freedom of religion, and her, freedom of speech, freedom of yeah. uh, association. Right. You know, yeah. if, 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 just
1: privacy freedoms. And what is it? You know, know, who's going to win that one? And, and here's the thing. Let's say, for the sake of arguments, that the Supreme Court sides with each one of the plaintiffs and says, that's right, your sexual orientation, transgender uh, designation is protected. What will happen is it will go back to the trial court to then have a trial to find out if the termination was pretextual or for the... Purpose that dis- that was never decided. Yes. In any of these, because the court said this isn't covered under the law. And what it's also
2: going to do is all of these cases that are coming up to the appellate courts. It's going to show all of these court of appeals what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to handle them. This potentially is one of the most important cases that have been joined together that have been granted certiorari um, this term for our supreme court
1: justice i agree now kyle we're coming up on a break right we are sir okay so when we come back we're going to follow up just a little bit one other point i want to make on this one with regard to the withdrawal of the non-binding opinion by the trump administration then we'll move on to a couple of others we're almost out of time here last 15 minute segment don't go away you're listening to radio law talk
0: yep thanks for turning us on here we'll do our best to reciprocate on radio law talk don't go away there's much more coming up Oh, this isn't going to work
4: Hi,
5: I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials, so just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad.
6: I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty, shiny, sexy, just because I want to, don't drive dirty, going to get my car suds at the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by far, we're talking three skinny minutes, sitting right in your car wash, a hundred feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda seventy sober, Cadillac, quick whack her up, just like that. You'll be happy looking happy You'll be glad you was after quick
5: Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off.
2: At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma.
5: I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't even bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain and now I gotta work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable.
1: No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation. Well, that's down.
0: You're listening to radiolawtalk.com. And
1: now back to your host, Frederick Penny. So we've been talking about the Supreme Court taking up the three cases about gender and, or not gender, but sexual orientation and transgender discrimination in three separate cases. This is representative cases, but they could have very wide-ranging effects depending on how the Supreme Court rules. And Denise, you wanted to talk about the legislative effects and what's going on there.
2: Yeah, what I wanted to talk about is, you know, of course the Supreme Court could kick this back to the Congress, you know, They could take all this up and say, hey, it's up to Congress to decide how to define sex. So uh, Congress gets on the job. Well, Congress has actually tried to enact what's called the Equality Act, and it would actually address this exact issue um, and amend the civil rights laws to include sexual explicit sexual orientation and gender identity definitions. And, um, it, it, they passed, it passed through the house at the beginning of this year. And it's been sitting there waiting for the Senate to take it up. And the Senate has decided not to take it up. So it's sitting there in kind of la la land right now. So if the Supreme court did that, hopefully we can deal with that in Congress. Um, but Congress isn't the only thing. You know, one of the, one thing that's very important to note, and Todd brought this up, is that currently it's basically a
1: memorandum of understanding. It, it was actually an EEOC decision. 3-2 was the vote. It was 2015. But it's not binding on federal courts. And it was the EEOC's determination. And EEOC is what? Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And it was their determination that sexual orientation does fall within the purview of sex. Um, since the Trump administration has come in, that has changed as far as how the EEOC interprets that. And again, not binding on the federal courts anyway. And so they got to figure this out. And I believe that's one of the legislative
0: challenges here. It's something at least to consider. And that is that in many cases, for example, in Obamacare, it passed and they said, okay, uh, health and human services, you make up the rules. Okay. We're going to pass this in the case of this particular bill, uh, EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, you make up the rules. Instead of allowing and allowing a quasi-legislative agency to make up their own rules and enforce them, instead of having Congress make up the rules and say, here's what we want you to enforce. We don't want to legislate this. We don't want to be caught up in the controversy. You do that. You just make up the rules. We're going to pass the bill. You, you figure out what's going to be in it. And that is a real legislative conundrum in Washington on major sticking point bills like this, in
1: my opinion. I know that it, that is a very common argument about, well, wait a second, the legislature is supposed to make the law, and now you're delegating that to a, an agency that has no political accountability So, as far as being elected to those positions. And, right like they can't they can't legislate everything they'd be so bogged down it'd be ridiculous but well, there, they there, try <laughs> there needs to be a balancing and, point and, and and
2: and every time the what the president changes potentially these type of rules that they're following changes exactly. and the impact is really high it does impact everything so it's a really important right now we're in kind of a constitutional crisis in a way to where the legislature, who's supposed to create the laws, is not active. It's it's inactive. It's trying to be active, but it's not fully committed to what it's supposed to do. We've got the judiciary that is kicking back and pushing back on different cases in different districts, saying, "Wait a second, this isn't yeah. the purview of, of somebody that's a legislature. This is a purview of you know the judiciary." And so we've got like all these back and forths between our three areas of government that are equal in. and we're i think it's the best part of our lives right now because we are learning so much about the separation of powers we're learning about we're being challenged is our constitution good enough and i do believe that our constitution is going to win i believe that our separation of powers is going to be equalized and i feel like it's going to work if we can get smarter about our political processes then we might be able to do things with a little more efficiency.
1: I, I agree. That's interesting. You, the, three, the, well, the the three I, bra- heard, I heard him say it. <laughs> well, the, the three branches <laughs> of government were designed to be checks on the uh, – a system of checks and balances on the power of other branches. Yes. But what we have – what it's kind of devolved to is now it is – the three branches of government saying well no no you're not supposed to give me that power you have that power that's a judicial branch no 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 yeah, push back. yeah so now it's so now it's not a check on their power <laughs> it's a check on the power that you're trying to give to me and no it's not ours you take it and then there's no no it's not us you take it and then so you have this thing going around I, I look at this here and you know I, I want to make just a couple comments here first. I don't think that discrimination should exist in the uh, in the workplace. Doesn't I, belong I, there. Yep. I, it doesn't. It doesn't belong. We all, we all there. agree I, on that, I think. And yeah. I think and I think that uh, it, to me, it's it's sad when somebody is discriminated against because of their sexual orientation, for example. I, I don't think that that should happen. That said, the you know recently when Trump came into power, uh, that decision by the EEOC was changed. So that those groups weren't recognized under the word sex. And the only, I want to be clear here, I'm going to say the only long-term benefit from that is, and kind of piggybacks on what you said, Denise, I would not feel comfortable having my rights being subject to the whim of the political nature of the person who's currently in office. A bureaucratic rulemaker. Yes. Yeah. And when it changed, now it's subject to that person. Then when it changes, it's subject to that person. I would rather have my rights clearly spelled out in the code, as enacted by Congress, in the Senate, signed by the president, There it is. That spells it out.
2: Right, and the courts follow the rule of law. And the
1: courts follow the rule of law. And Mm -hmm. the only benefit, I guess, from changing the EEOC opinion is it forces Congress to do their job. Uh, To me, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to draft a bill, a proposed bill, saying, oh, by the way, in this code, sex also includes... Sexual orientation, transgender, I mean, that would gender
2: be... Identification. Gender identification, yes.
1: That would be very simple. And, yes. and the thing is, it doesn't mean it's going to pass in the Senate, but here's what it does. How many times did the Senate vote to repeal Obamacare... And it didn't. That whole thing was symbolic just to let people know this is where we stand and take a stand and which side are you on. You draft that bill. If it doesn't pass pass initially and goes up to Senate, at least you know where people stand on that specific issue. Don't make it overly broad. Don't attach a bunch of pork to it. Make it very specific to this and then have people take a stand.
2: And vote on it,
0: Senate.
1: Exactly. Vote if on it. If they
2: vote against it, I get it. Let's see where you vote stand. On but
0: on it. But this EEOC thing, you know where the genesis of this under the Trump decision to change the rules? Bathroom use in schools. Well, that's true. Yeah. A local jurisdiction matter that the federal government had somehow decided by a federal caveat and a rule, and many people locally objected to it, said, wait a minute, we're local, we're smart enough, we can handle this ourselves, we don't need the feds to tell us what to do. You know and they and so I think that's where this all kind of started to
1: roll I believe so, be wrong. so yeah. he, here's what I see happening if the Supreme Court rules if the Supreme Court rules that sex does include those designations, then that's going to be the law. That will be the law and the only way to change that law is if the legislature passed a law that says in response to the Supreme Court case of yada 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 whatever the names are here. We say that it does not include this in this legislation specifically in response to that. That's not going to happen. If the Supreme Court does not rule in their favor, then the legislature had better get to work to get that done.
2: I totally agree with you. Last week on Saturday we called it Divorce Saturday. Yep. We had a whole bunch of cases today about different divorces that were going to be really fun to talk about. We're not going to be able to do that and we don't want to overload you with divorces on your Saturday. Well, let's ask a question.
0: Didier, let me ask you a really important question. Do you have a quick take
1: I do have a quick take. Do you Todd? I'm getting one here, so if you got one, go for it. All right. My quick take
2: is in Florida, if you stand your ground, you better be ready to do twenty
1: years. Right, right. In New Jersey, <laughs> don't wear white after Labor Day or a flat jacket to a murder. Okay? Fashion tips by Todd. And no no we're gonna prove that's <laughs> to ahead. All right. <laughs> Well, folks, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode, this uh, version, this installment of Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Kunin. Denise Dirks here. Fred Penny, you should be back next week. Buddy, if you're listening, we miss you. You always liven the party. If you want to participate in Radio Law Talk, you can do so. If, you, if you're if you listening to this on tape delay or on the podcast and you have an issue and you want to talk about it, please email us at info. At Radiolawtalk.com. We check those, we comment on those. We would love to hear from you. Cal, take us away.
0: Here's our hierarchy. Fred is the anchor of the show. Denise is the smart one, and Todd has kitties. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you have been listening to Radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk, Incorporated.